Welcome back to the Bhagavad Gita in a Year podcast. We are on day 31 of our journey through the Bhagavad Gita. Today we will start at chapter 2, text 40. And uh, I'm here with Chaitanya Charan, our teacher, and Balaram. So happy to be here with you guys today. Um, yeah, with that, CC, do you want to take yeah. us into it? Yeah, sure. So this is Neha Vikramana Shosti Pratyavayo Navidyate Swalpamapyasya Dharmasya Rayate Mahato Bhayat. In this endeavor, there is no loss or, diminu- or diminution. And a little advancement on this path can protect one from the most dangerous type of fear. So in the previous section, we discussed about how the Gita is talking about the contrast between two themes, the the materially long-term versus the spiritually long-term. The materially long-term, that refers to the term Gita is karma kanda. And the spiritually long term is broadly yoga. Here it's talking broadly about karma yoga. So now Krishna in the in this section. So he talked about from 30, 31 to 37. He talked about the material long term, the karma kanda. I'll just use these acronyms KK for Karma Kanda and KY for Karma Yoga. So now 38 and 39 were more or less transition texts. They were explaining the transition. And now from 40 till 46, Gita will be talking about comparing Karma Kanda versus Karma Yoga. So the first comparison that Krishna is making over here is in this path, he's talking about Karma Yoga. So we are now in text 40. If one follows this path of yoga, this path of spiritually long term, he says on this path, there are two characteristics. There is no, whatever we do, there is no diminishing of it. There's no diminution of it, no destruction of it. And then another point he says is this, these are both related with one characteristic. And the second characteristic he says that even little effort that can, can offer one great protection. So clearly when somebody speaks like this, it's clear overall that this is the path that is being recommended. So mm-hmm. this contrasts with the other path of karma yoga, karma kanda, where the idea is whatever we gain, it's a material gain. Somebody may gain a lot of wealth, but that wealth could be lost. That wealth could decrease. They may invest. So we could say, if consider wealth, or it's more like the opposite example. Wealth does not have these characteristics. Wealth can be diminished. Wealth can be destroyed. But this is something, this wealth is more like some outer asset or material asset. That will be destroyed. That will be diminished and destroyed. But this this spiritual asset, 
that we get is perennial. It is going to be there with us forever. That's the first contrast he's making. Now we may wonder what exactly is this spiritual asset that is going to be there forever. So I can go into that, but are there any questions or comments before that? Oh, it's just really cool. You said that's how we know that it's recommending this path because it says that a little bit of effort on this path offers great protection. Juxtaposed to you can make a lot of effort on a karmakanda path and you get a material benefit, but that's not the same as protecting one from the most dangerous type of fear, it says. Yes. So what those fears are also, we will discuss them one by one. But And you're saying, sorry, but, uh, yeah. this Karmakanda fiction before, was that was everything he was analyzing uh, Arjuna's choices? Win, lose. Yes, that's where he said, if you win, this will happen. If you lose, this will happen. That was all the Karmakanda section. If you win, you will get the earth. If you lose, you'll get the heaven. Therefore, either way, you should fight. Because that's in this lifetime. Well, even if in the lifetime, still it is material. Okay. So, still it is that what that material is, I'll talk about that slightly. That's, a, that's, what, that's why I said materially long term could be in this life or the next life. Spiritual long term, in life, long, next life, but it's connected with the soul. So, now, what is the spiritual asset that is perennial? Basically, we are at our core spiritual beings. And then we have material bodies. So there is the body, the mind, and then the soul. So generally, the kind of activities that we do, they could either benefit the body-mind machine that we have, that we have discussed for this. Now, till now, the concept of the mind has not been very much introduced so explicitly in the Gita, but it will be introduced even if we keep this simple. And you see, there's the soul and there's the body. So the actions that we do, they can either benefit the soul or they can benefit the body. Now, the actions that benefit the body, the, what could be, that could be, so when there's something is beneficial to the body, that could be, that would be associated with the body and that becomes perishable with the body. But if something beneficial is beneficial for the soul as so if the body is like a cloth or a dress or a vehicle, so we discussed three metaphors for the body earlier. The body can be compared to a dress that we wear, a house in which we stay, and a car we drive. Now, all these three are important in their own ways. But suppose we are going from one place to another and somebody says, oh, for your car, I'll give you a free wash for the car or I'll do a repainting job for your car. Okay, that's good. But once I leave the car, that repainting job is not going to be of much help to me. So all these three metaphors, they they talk about the emphasis of the transitional 
relationship of the body with the soul of body and soul so is there something that will whatever will benefit the body that will be temporary but whatever benefits the soul so the soul currently is dormant and when say we dormant means we are not really aware of our spirituality at present so when the soul is dormant if it awakens so if the soul awakens that awakening that the impressions that the, the vibrations the stimuli that cause the awakening of the soul that spirit it is also a more spiritual orientation a spiritual interest a spiritual attraction whatever word we want to use so those stay with us lifetime after lifetime this will stay with us permanently because it's connected with the soul so if somebody is spiritually awakened in this lifetime then in the next lifetime they will continue from that point of spiritual awakening so so here if you consider this from the state of spiritual dormancy the spiritual growth so from the stage of spiritual dormancy there is full awareness the full awareness we can say is 100% dormancy is 0% awareness so now the point that the gita is making is if in this life one comes to say 25 25% awareness by their spiritual growth then the next life they will start from the next from there itself this spiritual awakening the spiritual orientation so when you say spiritual growth it essentially means growth in spiritual interest and spiritual attraction spiritual orientation that will stay with us forever that won't go away so this is the nature of spiritual growth now in contrast if we consider material growth a person may become in this life say this is if you consider this one lifetime and then there is the next lifetime so in this lifetime that person might become a millionaire by progressing but next lifetime when they go in that person is going to go start the next life basically with no wealth no wealth from the previous life and you could say that child is born in a particular family and that family's wealth is there that's true but the point is this wealth is not carried over and that's why material gains are considered temporary and spiritual gains are considered eternal and this contrast is being made over here that we as spiritual beings if we pursue spiritual gains that is in our greatest interests that is in our highest interest so that's an explanation of this particular verse prabhu i realize as you explain this that i've never had anything that i couldn't lose 
and I have a hard time imagining what that means or understanding it. And I guess this tells us something about what spiritual growth is. And maybe could you clarify it all? What? What? Yeah. So we all see that different people have different degrees of spiritual interests. So when we say enduring spiritual assets. So what does that mean? That some people, they may they come, they hear about the Bhagavad Gita, they come to a talk, they come to a spiritual gathering, and they seem to have an enormous amount of interest. And they take it up and they just march forward based on that. Whereas there are others who they come to know about it, they have a lot of difficulty in understanding and comprehending and accepting. And after that, they move forward also. So they move very slowly. So we can consider some people and others. So some, there is quick understanding and not only there is quick understanding, there is rapid commitment. There is rapid commitment and growth. Otherwise, some people are slow understanding and then there is sluggish sluggish practice. So now, why is that? It could be that those people have, so these people are having previous life assets. So previous life spiritual assets are there. And those previous life spiritual assets are now being used in this life. That means that the focus is here on, say, if we consider the same point of spiritual journey, and there are two people, both of them are being introduced to spirituality now in this life. But one of them, so this is, it's one, this is two. So this person was already at 25% in their previous life. And when they start, they're going from 25 onward forward. But this person has never practiced anything spiritual. So they're 0% and from there they are going onward. So that's why, the, so the, what is the essence of the spiritual growth that stays with us? That is that understanding, that orientation, that attraction. So... Now, it's not that when a child is newborn, suddenly they are going to have spiritual attraction and spiritual orientation. No, it's not that the child is going to not cry when they are born. It's when, when there is a transition uh, from one life to another, there is a temporary, this transition leads to, there is temporary obscuring. It's like somebody has to go back to the money metaphor, money in the bank, but they've forgotten their account number. Then they, they can't access it, but as soon as somebody reminds them their account, their account number, then immediately what happens? They're there. 
the money is there and they can access it so for them when their spiritual stimuli are provided to them so they come across the bhagavad gita they hear some spiritual music they go to some uh, some spiritually vibrant place and spiritual stimuli for them it is it is a spiritual take off from where they had left off it is not from square one and in that sense it's a significant difference between these two so so there is no destruction means that 25% doesn't become zero no diminution means that 25% even doesn't become 24 or 20% it stays as it is and that is the enduring nature of the spiritual growth that we have made so to answer your question what is spiritual growth spiritual growth is basically it can refer to it's it can refer to spiritual interest or inclination it can refer to spiritual attraction it can refer to spiritual conviction so all these are included in this oh so i'm naturally inclined toward not only i'm inclined towards it i get lost in it i mean and i understand this is what is real this is what matters so this is all coming from the soul that has come out of its spiritual slumber at least to some degree okay so cool that was really beautiful and i love what balaram said too it, it's it's so hard to like even perceive something like that or like comprehend that kind of conception of like it's never lost it's never lost but then once you can kind of like buy into it a bit it's like oh well i can't i, I got to take my spiritual life seriously you know that's money in the bank account that is always there no matter what there's no stock market crashes there's no housing bubble it's just like that's it <laughs> so cool yeah and then the thing if yes that's true it's a it's an investment that will never fail us in that sense so the investment that never fails now having said this the next part is also interesting what is said in this verse that a small effort can save us from great danger now when we talk about great danger what does it refer to for different people their idea of danger may depend on context for somebody who is uh, say a movie actor or actress and for them any scar on their face could be a great danger for somebody who is a surgeon mm -hmm, the great danger could be so a scar for an actor so it could be maybe a fracture could be a great danger for a fracture hand fracture could be a great danger for a surgeon so we might say mm -hmm. that different people the throat injury could be a great danger for a singer 
So while any of these could be dangerous for anyone, but great danger would apply depending on context. Now, in, in the context of spiritual growth, what is considered to be a great danger is so in this to lose the facility for spiritual growth. The facility necessary for growing spiritually. If we lose that, then that is considered to be a great danger. And the foundational facility necessary for spiritual growth, that, that is the human body. The body that we have right now is distinct from other bodies in the sense that humans alone can contemplate the meaning and purpose of existence. All living beings exist and all living beings seek to continue their existence. But human beings alone ask, why do I exist? Or they can, they can ask, why do we exist? And then why do I exist? And answer that question, gradually one comes towards spirituality. Whereas animals, they just exist. And their question is, how do I continue to exist? Hmm? So the facility in, in answering this question, why do I exist? Even in seeking the answer to this question, that is the that is the womb of our spiritual growth. So the body that gives us this facility to ask the question, the developed consciousness, that body is considered a great asset. And the Gita says that that body will never be lost. If we use our present life form for growing spiritually or even exploring a little bit spiritually, then the Gita says that we will not lose this body. And generally speaking, if we lose the, so the way the transmigration works, the soul is in the present body. And then the soul we discuss, the soul goes to the next body. That depends on the karma of the body. If I'm living in a in a say a condo right now, and if I squander my money, then I may not even be able to live in a condo. Maybe I have to live in a studio flat. Or I may even become I have to live in something like a hut or something like that. So we might go down if say the body is like a house, I have a condo, I might go down to a studio. Then I might go down to a hut or whatever. But this is, so if you consider the condo to be the human form, we might go downwards. But what the Gita is saying over here is, if we do even a little spiritual practice, it's ensured that we won't, that great danger of losing the human form will not be there. If we show a little bit spiritual interest, okay, we show this much interest, you will have the facility to develop that interest in the next life. Even if from the karma perspective, that we may not have done the karma to actually to actually get a human body. But still, this the spiritual credits that we have, the spiritual credits, they can guarantee, they can guarantee a human body, even if there are the material, the karma credits are lacking. So that's why this is said to be a very important 
बेनिफिट त्रायते महतो भयात if we don't do the right karma if we don't have a sufficient level of positive karma then the human body is considered to be a privilege it may not it may not come to us if we have not uh, if we have not done positive karma so you could put it this way that the human form it's like premium housing you know to if you have premium housing then it will make sure that you are earning enough to merit that premium housing if you don't earn enough then you won't have that housing in future okay so shall i summarize yes thank you so today so it's we also will discuss just one verse today but it is an important verse again out of concepts so 240 we discussed first point is in this transition that is happening from material welfare to spiritual welfare so we talked about how spiritual growth it offers enduring results we take off from where we are left which is how it spiritual growth contrasts with material growth so if somebody has come to 25% then they will go from 25 onwards in the next so material growth is not permanent it ends with material growth ends with this life and then we discussed what does spiritual growth mean so when you talk about spiritual growth or spiritual assets that is broadly speaking the inclination that a person has towards spirituality some children will naturally have an inclination from birth itself not say inclination but they feel it's not just interest but it's also like great joy attraction and then not just the joy there's also conviction this is what really matters this is vital and then lastly we talked about how protected from great danger and that great danger what might be considered as a great danger may depend on the context but here the danger is losing the facility that is the human form facility that facility for spiritual growth so that one will not lose if one is even showing a little spiritual interest one is doing a little doing a little spiritual endeavor so in this way krishna is talking about the is strongly recommending the 
spiritual path. This is a recommendation for following the path of spiritual growth. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.